and teachers, such as Barnabas and Simeon called Niger, and uh, uh, Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, uh, who had been brought up with Herod the uh, uh, Tetarch and Saul. And they worshiped the Lord as they worshiped the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then they fasted and prayed and put their hands on them and let them go. And, and they, after they were sent by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia. And from there they sailed to the island of, of Cyprus. And when they had come to Salamia, uh, they uh, preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had John Mark to assist them. Let us pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. Father, I thank you that you separated me from my mother's womb, little. And this uh, stammering tongue, young man, you said, go forth and preach. And because of that, Lord, I have to lean on you totally. But I don't mind. I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you, Lord, that you chose me. Yeah. Uh, I thank you, Father, that you made a sovereign choice. Yeah. So I ask, ask that you be, will be, me, be with me today. I'm just a mouthpiece. Just a mouthpiece, oh God. Let your word come forth, Holy Spirit. May I do nothing to stand in your way. Be glorified in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The uh, I want to use as a topic today the anointing for the shift. The anointing for the shift. Uh, this, uh, th uh, this episode we are addressing today is actually a shift that came about because an earlier shift had taken place. Right. However, in Acts 13, it reveals several nuggets that speak to us about the, 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 the paradigm of shift. Uh, Antioch had become the main center of the church now. It is from here, rather than Jerusalem, that the missionary journeys begin. Here is a specific team of gifted, mature individuals. Notice a man had a difficult background. Um, um, he had been bought up with Harry, uh, with, with, with Harry the uh, 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 and it is believed that he was from the area of Samaria. Uh, it's believed uh, that he was Harry, uh, Herod's uh, foster brother. The word that's used in the Greek uh, is saying that they both nursed, you know, in the same place. So it's believed that he was his foster brother. He was there. Then you had, um, you had um, Barnabas from uh, um, Cyprus. You had Simeon and Niger. Mm -hmm. now, uh, people don't want to give us this one. But he was a black man. Yes, now. Right now. Yes. Niger. Yes, and it is believed that it might have been the same man who the Romans uh, 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 actually uh, made carry the cross of Christ. Mm. And then he had two sons as well that became well known in, uh, uh, in the church. Then you had uh, a Lucius of a Cyrene, modern day Libya. Now, listen to this. They don't want to give us this one either. Li where's Libya? Africa. 
in Africa. This, look at this, uh, 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 this makeup of this church. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us now? This is the, this is the center now, not Jerusalem. This is the center now. This is where the first major missionary journey launched from. And it was a makeup of men who, who actually uh, 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 is symbolic of what, what we are now. We are a makeup of Gentiles from all over. And we are the ones that, that, that has been tasked with spreading the gospel, yes, getting the gospel out. Now, what they were doing is very important in the 13th chapter. The word uh, they, that, that, that's used there uh, for worship, uh, it shows that the Christians had replaced uh, the, the offering of the priest, the daily offering of the priest with their prayer. The word that, that's used there in the Greek, that's what it shows, that they had replaced it with prayer. So they were seeking the Lord in prayer and fasting. And it's in this atmosphere, I don't want to get ahead of myself, it's in this atmosphere that the Holy Spirit spoke in sin. Now, we don't know why they were fasting. We don't know. We don't know if God had laid it on their heart that he wanted to do something. We don't know why they were fasting in worshiping God, in prayer. But the Holy Spirit spoke. And uh, 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 so they had replaced that with prayer. Uh, now, we've got to understand something. This was not in ordination. Nor was it an appointment to the apostleship. All right now. Paul got that on the That Paul, he, he, he said that there were prophets and teachers. Now, some people want to say that all of them were prophets and teachers. But the, the Greeks uh, 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 shows that uh, it was uh, two prophets and three teachers or vice versa. I forget, but it shows that there was a separation. Uh-huh. Paul was listed among the teachers. If you notice, after he met Christ on the road to Damascus, he went about teaching. And the people were mesmerized by his teaching. He was not called an apostle. We were just talking in the office, and we say a lot of times what we would do is we would fill in the gap ourselves with our pre-understanding. We would say, well, you know, he must have been called an apostle. It's just not written. No, let's not do that. What was the Holy Spirit trying to show us? Paul was not called an apostle at this particular time. That's right. But he was sent out mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, him and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereto I have called them. Now, uh, we, uh, um, I'm going to uh, digress a little bit. Because I want to show you how the Holy Spirit brought us to this point. Because we get ready to reach the point of maximum impact. When the Holy Spirit is sending them out to the world. You remember Jesus said, uh, Jerusalem Uh and all Judea and then Samaria Mm -hmm. and into the uttermost parts of the world. So it seems like that that was a foreship. Jerusalem, all all Judea and Samaria. Uh-huh. And into the uttermost parts of the world. Yeah. 
through, we will see a bunch of, and, and there are ships within ships. This is how Luke wrote, you know, and, and, and we won't have time to, to, to pull them all out today. We won't have time out. Uh, but what these men did, it, like I said, it was, it was not an ordination. It was, they affirmed what the Holy Spirit was saying by laying hands on them. Now notice, notice up to this point in the sixth chapter, when when the uh, when the when the deacons were appointed, um, that the apostles laid hands on them. And here it said that the leaders, it, it, it wasn't the apostles per se; they weren't apostles yet. That's right. Okay, and we don't know if it was just those five or it was other leaders in the church that laid hands on them, but they sent them out. The only reason they could send them out because the Holy Spirit had sent them out. Right. And, and, and see, but this right here speaks to order. This speaks to order. Oh, my God. Paul had got a call on the road to Damascus. God had told him, I have appeared unto you for a purpose, yes, for a reason. God told him this. So Paul knew that he was an apostle. He knew he was going to be an apostle. Oh, but the call had not come yet. And, and what I mean by that, he had not been sent forth yet. The problem in the church today is that we have many people who know that they have a call and they go running right away. Don't know anything about anything, but they go running right away. Jesus, at the age of 12, knew that he had a call on his life, but he wouldn't have been submissive to his parents until he was 33 years old. We got to clean up this mess. That's gotten a loose in the church. Because we have people who don't know anything preaching to people, and then they don't know anything, and then they go out talking to people. There's a mess, though. There's a mess. <laughs> the first phrase, uh, uh, phrase of this, we have to go back to the sixth chapter. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed that the Holy Spirit kept reiterating when, when the problem came up with the um, Hellenistic widows being, uh, uh, being neglected in the daily, daily uh, administration of food, um, uh, uh, they started complaining. The apostles got together and told them, choose ye out. Now notice the apostles didn't choose them. They said, look, trust the people because they had the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Choose ye out. Mm -hmm. Six men who you know to be filled with the Holy Ghost right. and wisdom, not because it's your cousin. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> not because it's your brother. That's right. But if you know brother ain't filled with the Holy Ghost, don't pick him. That's right. Who you know to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And we would appoint them over there. Now notice what the what, what the scripture says. It says in the word of God group. was important. The word of God grew. Yeah. Notice this is the first time where we see uh, actually uh, what would uh, come to be known as officers in the church. This was a shift. People that will assist the apostles. That will uh, actually take the burden, take that burden off the apostles. There's a shift going on in this church. God is raising up people to take the burden off Bishop Jackson. He's raising up people to help with the burden. Oh my God, because
we'll only uh, 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 we'll, 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 we'll see what he's doing. He's trying now to teach us how to bear the burden. Yes, yes. How to bear the burdens. Because don't you know that uh, when, we, when, we, when we listen, we realize Bishop, his, his heartbeat is about souls. Right. Winning souls. Amen. And if we won souls, we're not just going to Africa to win souls. That's right. That's right. We can win souls right here in the United States. We can win souls right here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, York, South Carolina, uh, Lake Wiley, Charlotte, North Carolina. We can win souls wherever we live. God show you. We can live, win souls wherever we live. But the word of God grew. Now, um, then we come to the seventh chapter, right? And we have Stephen, the account of Stephen being stoned. Right. And he was martyred. And what happened at the, uh, 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 as a result of that, the, the disciples scattered. And as they scattered, they preached wherever they went. Now, the first part of that said they preached wherever they went. Now, you'll see the 11th chapter, the second part B of that, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but that's the part A and the part B. Let me go ahead and tell you. The part A said they preached wherever they went. In the part B, it said that they preached to only Jews only. And then there were certain men some from Cyprus who went to Antioch and shared the gospel with them. Now, in the 8th chapter, we have Philip. Now, this is an impact. I'm talking about impacts here. We had an impact in the 6th chapter. We have an impact here in the 8th chapter. We see Philip going down to Samaria, preaching the gospel, and many got saved. We see Peter and John being uh, 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 sent down there uh, so that the new believers can receive the Holy Ghost. Then we see Philip going and meeting the Ethiopian because he was instructed by God to go, and he met the Ethiopian. That's another impact. Do you see the impact? But we didn't get to the maximum impact yet. Then we come to the ninth chapter. When we see Saul the Pharisee uh, being encountered on, uh, by Jesus on the road to Damascus, uh, Paul gets saved and uh, he, 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 he decides to go and join himself to the uh, uh, disciples because he had been teaching and whatnot, and they were afraid of him and they didn't, right. have it, they didn't want anything to do with him. That's right. Barnabas got, got him and Barnabas took him to the apostles and told the apostles how he had shared the gospel and how he had uh, defended the faith, right? right? Then we come to the 10th chapter. Mm -hmm. In the 10th chapter, we have uh, the account of Peter. This is an uh, impact. We have the account of Peter uh, 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 being given the vision, and, and I, will not tell, I, I, I won't tax you by going over the whole story, but being given the vision, and he was told to go and meet this man. Peter goes to, uh, uh, to Cornelius' house, and it was not even lawful for uh, uh, a Jew to go into the house of a Gentile. But Peter went into that because the Lord had told him to go. The Lord said, that that I have cleansed, don't you call that? That's right. So Peter went into the house of Cornelius. Now, this is what's in, I mean, this right here really blessed me when I saw it. The Bible said that Cornelius called his family. And all his close friends, so you see, okay, you have Philip who witnesses 
Ethiopian a woman. But then you have, in chapter 10, you have uh, Cornelius calling all his family and close friends. We don't know how many people were. Now, up to this point, we've seen that in order for them to receive the Holy Ghost, they laid hands on them. But uh, uh, Peter, as he was talking, see, God was showing, I'm doing a new thing. Woo! And so as he was talking, oh, my God. And uh, he talked about, when he got to the part about deliverance, it said the Holy Ghost fell on them, and he heard them speaking to him. Yes, sir. And he said, just like they did on the day of Pentecost, and he said, who can uh, forbid these men to be baptized? And they were baptized. Now, in the 11th chapter, you have uh, 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 Peter being confronted by uh, the leaders in Jerusalem. They told him, you went into the house of the Gentiles, and you know that it's not lawful for, for us to go into the house of a Gentile. What are you doing, Peter? And Peter told him the story, told him everything that had happened. Now, I want to share something with you. Uh, as uh, Peter is giving this account to them, it says that um, this is uh, uh, Luke turns to, right in the middle of the chapter, Luke turned to, uh, he said that um, in verse 19, now they which were scattered. Right? He said that uh, I scattered upon the persecution that arose uh, that uh, about Stephen traveled as far as uh, uh, Phineas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. Now, in the 6th chapter, when they say they were scattered, or in the 7th chapter, they say they were scattered, it don't tell us right away that it was only to the Jews. See, Luke, they call that an inclusio. It's a uh, literary tool that he uses. He'll put one part of it here and one part over there to grab things together, right? So he was showing us something here. So he was saying to the Jews, but listen to what happened. It's a... Um, but uh, to the Jews only, and some came to them who were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. So now it's getting ready to take off, because now they're speaking not only to the Jews, but they're speaking to the Grecians. And the hand of the Lord was upon them. This is another shift here. All right? And then it say, um, you know, and um, the word of the Lord began to grow. And tidings uh, uh, came unto the ears of the church, and they sent Barnabas down there. And when they sent Barnabas down there, Barnabas was a good man, the Bible says. And he went down there, and he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. But Barnabas realized, okay, uh, this is not really my area, because Barnabas was a prophet. But he went and got a teacher. See, this is what we have to learn in the body of Christ. Just because you can do it, don't mean you're anointed to do it. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we have to know when to turn loose, when a greater anointing, right. when a person that's anointed to do it. That's right. Let it loose. Let it loose. And let them do what they are good at, what they are anointed to anointed do. do. So, he went and got Saul. Saul. Uh, uh, at this time, he still saw. He came down 
and he began to teach. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then you have in the uh, uh, 12th chapter, right? You have uh, 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 the story, or in the 11th chapter, in the 12th chapter, you have the story of, um, of uh, Herod uh, being killed. Uh, Herod, um, he had taken James, mm-hmm. killed him with the sword. Sent out. 
Saul's been found. Now, if you notice, also, after they were sent out, it went from Barnabas being the lead to Paul being his Paul now. Paul being the lead, and it talked about Paul and his companions. Barnabas had been superseded by a greater anointing.
Paul said very authoritatively, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and wickedness, stop perverting the straight path of the Lord. Then he declared, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you should be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And immediately the mist of in darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Mm -hmm. Then the, the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, for he was astonished at the teaching. Listen to what it says. He was astonished. He saw the miracle, but he was astonished at the teaching. That's right. That's because the, the, uh, the miracle only confirmed the teaching. Now, so in other words, now we see, why is this important? Because now we see that this, this, this anointing for maximum impact has now taken place, and we see that, 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 that there are, are signs that, uh, uh, that come with, when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, there, uh, 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 there ought to be signs that this is indeed the Holy Spirit. He, he was sent forth and he became an apostle. I mean, his name, now he was Apostle Paul, but it was really manifested when he went down there and he encountered that man. Because surely the works of an apostle. And then we have uh, Luke showing us what happened with Peter and his ministry to the Jews. It don't hardly talk about James and John. It's talking about Peter. It's talking about John a little bit, but it's talking about Peter. Mm -hmm. Notice it talking about uh, after the 12th chapter, he started talking about Paul. That's right. Why? See, notice Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said that God who, was, who worked mightily in Peter, mm. he was another apostle, mm -hmm. but he said he worked mightily in Peter toward the Jews, worked mightily in me toward the Gentiles. So these were the two chiefs, yeah, yeah. if you will. And these are the ones. But I wanted to show you that this uh, uh, anointing for maximum impact, it came because they were seeking the face of God. Oh, they was wanting to know what God wanted them to do. They, want, they knew that there was a call on their lives. But they, yeah. won't, they wouldn't go out unless the Holy Spirit sent them out. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, yeah. separate me, mm -hmm. Barnabas and Saul. My, my question to you today is, what sh uh, uh, during this time of shifting, what has the Holy Spirit told you? Yeah. This is your time to shift. Mm. I realize that this is a supernatural undertaking. We can only shift when the Holy Spirit tells us to shift. Uh, many people try to shift and the Holy Spirit ain't told them to shift. And so they end up in a mess. But when the Holy Spirit is guiding you, leading and guiding you, he said in the book of Psalms, Behold, I will guide you with my eye. That means he can see you farther than you can see. He know where you are to go and where you are not to go. He can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, but we got to be seeking the face of God. Knowing yes. what is it that you want me to do? Oh, right. we here are shifting for maximum impact. Oh, but this is not a carnal work. No, no, no. This is not a carnal work.
and say, Lord, what is it? This year should not be like last year. I should be doing the same thing I did. Oh, Deuteronomy, uh, the, the first chapter, the Lord told the children of Israel, you, you, uh, Behold, you have come past this mountain long enough. You've been stuck in a gear, going around the same mountain, burning yourself out. Oh, that's what happens when you, when you get, get stuck in a burnout. And how many Christians are burned out now? Because they have been stuck for years. Not realizing that the Holy Spirit is wanting a shifting to take place. Oh, the Holy Spirit knows that, 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 that there is a call. There is more for each one of us to do. There is more for each one of us to do. Now, if you're not doing more this year than you did last year, or the quality is not more this year than it was last year, there's a shifting that needs to take place. Uh, if you're doing the same thing you've been doing for years, and it don't make you have to trust God, there's a shifting that needs to take place. Because right. God would not have us to get comfortable in Zion. God wants us to be moving. Yeah. One thing we notice about Abraham, when he was pitching his tent in the book of Genesis, the father of faith, he was moving. Yes, he was pitching that tent in various places. That tells us that faith does not stand still. this shifting. Because there, there's something for all of us to do. There is something for all of us to do. There is something for each one of us to do. A greater work. We get excited when we see that topic for this year. Uh, 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 we, we get excited. Shifting for a maximum impact. Right. But then have we stopped to ask what is our place? What do God want me to do? In this shifting. Right now. Oh, because there are some individual things I need to do in my home. Oh, that's going to cause a greater impact within the church. Oh, because if I'm happy at home, I'm going to bring that in the church. But if I'm always coming in service, bogged down by worries and situations and circumstances, I'm going to bring that in the church. And there can't be a great impact. As a matter of fact, you would never know God until you lay it all on the altar. We got to lay it all on the altar. It's got to be burned up. Ah, oh, Minister Smalls preached a couple of Sundays ago and talked about God shaking. And one thing about it, shake everything that can be moved is moved and removed. Only what remains is that which cannot be moved. God said, I speak now, not just from heaven, but I speak from heaven and on earth. So now God is speaking in the earth. He uses this man. He uses other uh, uh, leaders in this church to speak the word of God. And sometimes when the word of God comes, you turn a deaf ear. Because you feel like God is talking. 
receive from? Where do you see that in Scripture? That there's somebody in the body of Christ that you can't hear from. Oh, in the book of Corinthians, I'm closing. In the book of Corinthians, we had people that were all messed up, but they were still prophesying. Huh? They were still giving the word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. So where did you get the thing I can't receive from that one? That's not biblical. It's not scripture. And what we're having to do now is everything that's not right. Throw it out. Throw it out. Like Minister Small said, you can't keep it. You can't use it. Get rid of it. We have to, we have to lay aside every weight. And the sin that's so easily beset. You've never seen a runner in the Olympics that comes to the starting line that that runs the race with their warm-up suit on. No, 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 no. They take off every weight. Huh? Yeah, everything that would hinder them from running their best, they take it off. And, 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 and so God give us many uh, uh, natural examples as to how we ought to run this race. And oh my God, and are we paying attention? We cannot make a maximum impact carrying things that is not that, that that's not beneficial. That's right. Carrying things that are not beneficial. Oh, I may get offended, my God, but that's not beneficial. That's right. That's right. I might have missed it yesterday, but that's not beneficial. We were talking about Jesus dying for your sins yesterday. I mean, he, he died for your sins of past, present, and future. And we wrestle with that because we think that gives you a license to sin. But what that does, it humbles us. My God, you get nasty enough. You come to God crying. Because you don't want to wallow in the mud anymore. Uh, uh, that nature of wallowing in the mud is not in you anymore. That's right. So you, so you're not comfortable with wallowing in the mud. If you get comfortable in saying something is wrong, mm -hmm. so this morning we know that God wants us to make a maximum impact. This following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now we saw that there were impacts. Impact. Now that may be certain impacts in your life, but God is bringing you to the maximum That's right. impact. Oh, there are the, I can hear the Holy Spirit saying that there are going to be some impact that you make on your way to the maximum impact. But get prepared for the maximum impact. Seek God for the maximum impact. Because this is what God wants. God don't want us to, 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 uh, to, to barely make it. That barely made it died in the wilderness. Do you intend on dying in the wilderness? The wilderness is the place where they were right outside of the promised land. That is so miserable. You're right there, but you can't go in there because of your unbelief. That's the wilderness. And sometimes people get comfortable with. But who wants to die in the wilderness? And this is what the Bible says about those.
But many of them, God was not well received. And how many of us say, well, we want, when we stand before Jesus, we want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if you die in the wilderness, you won't hear that. I'm not saying you'll go to hell. I'm not saying that. You'll go to heaven, but my God, I don't know what will happen. You will get there. But by the skin of your teeth, Paul said it like this. He said, you will make it in, but as those that are saved by our fire. In other words, everything that you've done will be burned up, but you'll make it out. So there'll be no works following you. Anybody who feel like God is calling you to make a maximum impact, you know God is calling you. You know God has placed in your heart. You know you're not where you're supposed to be. Somewhere along the line, you got sidetracked. You start looking at people.